0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio, and now time for the classic car show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Hi, it's Kevin Flood here on America's Web Radio Classic Car Show, and I'd like to welcome Paula Cooper, the joint owner of the Bubble Car Museum in Langrick, Boston, Lincolnshire, the UK. Um, the museum museum has a display of Bond, Reliant, Frisky and many other motors, plus recreated shops, memorabilia and a CAF. Um, looking around on the internet, there's a number of really good reviews of the place. Um, a totally unique little museum containing everything I love from the period of motoring that I love. Good period dioramas and period accessories everywhere. A good calf. Delightful slice of motoring history, including many makes I don't remember. Nicely displayed, very friendly owners, and a little gem of a calf all at reasonable prices. And there's a, a lot of reviews like that, Paula. That's um, Yeah. That's yeah, very we've, nice. We've, we've
2: been really pleased with some of the response.
1: Yeah. it's um. How do you advertise the museum? Do you use social media, or do you, you do, rely on local newspaper advertising, or...?
2: We've our own website, um, which, if you Google in Bubble Car Museum, we're usually the top hit, Um, and a certain amount of social media, but not a
1: huge amount, to be honest. Hmm. How did you, um, how did you, can I get some details about you and how you came to have the museum, really?
2: Well, we used to live in Somerset, at which point we did um, we were two cV and sort of associated citroen restorers. We did that for a number of years, moved up to Lincolnshire and we bought somewhere with three or four acres, really with not that in mind, although we'd always done the odd bit of restoration on um, micro cars so there 's always been a thing in the in the in the microcar movement that there should be a museum, and everyone was very sort of nickel and dime about it who 'd pay who 'd sponsor this and we just thought, well, maybe we 've enough room here. We went out with like stakes and tape and see what exactly what we could build. I got on the internet, spoke to local council, anyone I could think of, and it went from there really we opened the first museum. Um, near Sleaford, which is about a um, half-hour drive from here, um, in uh, 2002, 2003, thereabouts.
1: Yeah, well, that was my next question, actually, how long you've been open for. Mm. So you, well, you have, you've, had, you've had some good support from local authorities and local council? We've and... had
2: fantastic support from local authorities. We really have had a lot of help. I mean, particularly... I mean, actually, rather rather sweetly, our local MP, who's brand new whose campaign I helped with here near Boston, mentioned us in his maiden speech. (laughs) Yeah, great. You couldn't get much more support than that. That's
1: really good. I mean, it's good to see, you know, somebody who's got a passion about these things and wants to get things open, and they're not hamstrung by planning permission and
2: stuff like that. We had massive help from planning. Absolutely, absolutely couldn't have backed us more.
1: That's fantastic. That's good to hear. What was the what was the first micro car that started it for you there, and, and why that one?
2: Well, my partner's always driven Heinkels, Heinkel Trojans, um, and we always carted around this Heinkel Island that he's got waiting to restore that we've never got to and still haven't. And the first one we bought was um, a little red Heinkel, and I bought um, a, a Type 3 Bond.
1: Oh, okay. So Is that the, the two-strokes? Two. Is that the two-stroke one? The type yeah, three. Yeah, the one with
2: the Villiers engine. And
1: yeah, I remember that. <laughs> there you go. I can remember those. So giving my age away a little bit now as well. But I, I can remember a lot of microcars being around, particularly, I guess, um, late 60s, early 70s, seem to
3: be. See,
2: I don't remember them at all. And I was living then in Kent, and I would have thought. There would have been a fair amount around because there were huge dealerships in South London like Pride and Clark's. Yeah. But I remember for the motorbikes, but I don't remember Micro. I really don't remember them at all hmm. on the road, which is most. Most odd, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my dad um, was into motorbikes for quite a long time, and he he had motorbike and sidecar. And one of the things he was considering was a, a Messerschmitt at the time, yeah. if I remember. So it, it is it is kind of interesting whether they made it. was me, a, it
2: was, a, it was a, a, a lot of people sort of had motorbike, their motorbike and sidecar. Yeah. And then you know, depending on their sort of social circumstances, that was a an, a car was a big step up. It was a mm. lot of money back then. It was a lot of ages. Um, they're cheaper now you can buy a cheaper car quid pro quo than you could then um and it was a big step up but if you could do it without having to take a driving test which again would have been expensive and you could still drive it on your motorbike license that was um how a lot of people got into being a car owning family
1: yeah i do i do remember a lot of people um because well, I actually was in the motor trade for a long time, and a lot of the guys had motorbikes in the summer and would go to a Reliant or something like that in the Reliant in this winter. Reliant or Bond yeah. or
2: something like that for... You know, and that meant you could actually take, you know, you had a fundamentally a four-seater. I mean, not, not yeah. most comfortable. But then a lot of the other cars weren't comfortable then either.
1: No, certainly not. I mean, I've got a 1929 Model A, and it isn't comfortable, I can tell
3: you.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. No. Um, so really, what, what people... It, it 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 was a big social leap up to be a car-owning family. Mm. I mean, I can remember being at school and people didn't have cars. I mean, we had two, and... Uh, They were actually friends of mine whose parents didn't have a car at all, which seemed amazing. But there's a lot of people in that situation. And, um, you know, Dad went to work on a bike and people used the bus and all sorts. And I'm sure we sound like the landed gentry. We certainly weren't, but we just (laughs) had two cars. But, I mean, a lot of people could move into, especially a bond, you know, which they could deal with and understand. It's a villiers engine. It's the same as on their motorbike. Um, uh Barclays, which were a bit, a bit less practical, but mm. really quite tasty, had Excelsior or Royal Enfield. So uh, the technology was the same. You could repair it. You know, you knew what you were dealing with.
1: Mm, definitely. It's, what was your, your favourite microcar?
2: I wouldn't really say I've got an absolute favourite. I've got a little tiny French van called um, a Salito mm. um, that's by Numap, which is a French. And I just love the look of that. But you'd need to be its mother to love it, sort of thing. It's <laughs> it's a belt and chain driven, so that's a real hide into nothing. I mean, tiny, very impractical little thing. Mm. But just the look that looks absolutely cute.
1: What's your what's your favourite exhibit car wise there?
2: go back to the Salito. Um, <laughs> well, really, the most popular ones, what everyone calls the bubble car, which obviously didn't exist, yeah. are the Isettas and Heinkels. Right. We, on the whole, we run a Heinkel as a ride car because we do sort of like 10-minute trip around the uh, lanes around us for people. And uh, the Messerschmitt are the most popular. The one most people don't even know about is the Meadows Frisky, and yet there were a lot of those. Some people come in and they, they, you know, they, get, they had a scooter car. Um, you know, they're delighted to see one of those. It's so an odd thing, but everyone's got a sort of, you know, a, a must-have.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to admit, being interested in cars for a long time and stuff, until I started researching the museum, I'd never heard of a frisky. No. What I had to say. I'd never well, heard of it. Well, Meadows
2: a was a huge tractor-making firm. Yeah. They did a, a tractor with a massive central flywheel that showed. Mm. I mean, a huge great thing. Um, very, very unusual um, vehicles. And w- how they segued into cars, a sort of Michelotti design, dear little car. Looks like a perfect tiny car shrunk, for want of a better expression. Little fins on the back. It's a mm. very nice-looking little car.
1: That's interesting, because uh, my wife's got a 66 Herald, which was also designed by Michelotti. And, and when I looked at the picture of the Frisky, it does yeah. look like a little like a small Herald.
2: Action. Yeah, it's got it's got that kind of. Obviously, everyone's yeah. got a style that they design to, yeah. and uh, obviously that was his.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I kind of looked at it and thought, yeah, it does look a little bit like a like a scaled down herald, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, could you describe the location of the museum, what facilities you've got there, and when you open? Well,
2: and- we're about um, three miles from Boston on the coast. Um, but we're slightly, um, slightly, slightly sort of northwest of Boston, hmm. and it's a village called Langrick, which has got a sort of river bridge. You come over the bridge and up the straight to us. Um, but we're not too difficult to find, and. Uh, what we've got, we've got a campsite behind the museum. So we do a huge amount of rallies, either single-mark rallies or we do our own rally. We've got um, a little rally, in um, a Halloween rally for the end of the season. And in May, we do a micro-car rally. But we get loads of other cars, um, like other marks that come and... Yeah, I, was, I was going to ask, what, what, what marks have you had there? God, just about everything. Wow. I mean, honestly, almost everything. We've had Bentley owners. right down. I mean, we get the German scooter rally which is a good one in may um and we get the heinkel club the bond uh, the bug club has been here um all the all the micro car clubs in fact including mm-hmm. you know um we did the Isetta's 50th anniversary um which was a lovely one they were hoping to get 50 cars they nearly did one bloke just bought a door but yeah. I, mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's in the <laughs> in the spirit of things no, um definitely. and uh yeah, we've had everything. I mean, absolutely everything. And Mondeo owners, I didn't even know there were any. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they it's come not something you're going to
1: admit to, is it, I guess? That
2: <laughs> well, these are very sort of slammed down and sort of whizzed up. Yeah. Not, mm, not classic, but um, I mean, you know, it's yeah. in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. But, Yeah, we do get – no, we get a huge amount. And there's a lot of classic cars in this area. Boston has a marvellous classic car club, and so does Louth to the north of us. Do you it, it's a big it, area for for that kind of thing, and you see a lot of them running, which is lovely.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit like round here because there was a number of American air bases around here, which meant there's always been quite a lot of American cars around here. And I mm. and I, I believe up your way there used to be bases there, didn't there? Not, yeah, not, not too so far much away.
2: American bases, more because all um, uh, the whole of Lincolnshire is um, sort of you know was the heavy bomber country yeah, yeah. and the dam Busters just up the road mm. from us, just up the road. Yeah. And obviously we've got the Lancaster at Coningsby, which is literally just up the road. Mm. That flies over us. I mean, we don't even go out and look now. <laughs>
3: yeah, because it's got
2: that.
1: Uh, I think that's the Battle of Britain flight, isn't it?
2: Yes, the Battle of Britain yeah. flight at Coningsby. And then at East Kirkby, you've got the other Lancaster, which is uh, Just Jane, that appears in loads of films. Um, and at the moment, that's not a flying one, but it will be again, I think.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I noticed the, the visitors are mentioning the, the food facilities as being excellent as well. Um, that, that's every review. Well, we do all, our own, <laughs> all
2: of our own. I bake all the cakes for the museum. And we try and keep – we've got a 40-seater sort of tea room.
3: Mm.
2: And we do evening meals for clubs. I mean, if a club does a rally at the weekend, we'll either do a barbecue or we do an evening meal. Um, and, yeah, we do homemade cakes and sort of lunches and what have you. But, I mean, we're 60 pence for a cup of tea. We're yeah, heading well. back to the, to the early days of motoring. So, you know, we, 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 we try and keep prices really reasonable. We've got a gift shop, but all of it's local produce, local chutneys. We make our own cider, so um, we sell our own cider there on the farm. And uh, we try and make sure everything's local or car-relevant, not what I call... <laughs> tourist rubbish
1: no know, exactly and i think a million the...
2: printed sort of rubbers and pencils yeah. and things we don't have anything like everything we've got is relevant to our era of motoring
1: yeah the station that i'm doing this for the uh, america's web radio they're very into traditional uh, museums and car clubs mm. and stuff like that we try doesn't? and keep
2: everything i mean we have um really beautiful cushions with applique bubble cars on mm. that we sell on the web and i mean all of those are taken from pictures of genuine cars. Everything we do, as I say, we try and keep absolutely right for the era. We do little heritage packs with pennies and halfpennies and farthings in and ration books and green shield stamps. Do you remember them? I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, driving license, loads and loads of bits. But they're all our own stuff from our, our archive.
1: We're going to take a break and we'll be back on the classic car show right after these messages
4: hi this is steve ronaldo host of the classic car show on america's web radio uh just talking to you about anti-car insurance i think that uh if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car consider jc taylor insurance they've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have The top rating of all of
5: the insurance companies in the hobby.
4: When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet.
5: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the US Senate on all but one US Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our constitution.
0: You're listening to americaswebradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: This is Kevin Flood, and we're back speaking with Paula Cooper from the Bubble Car Museum here in the UK. I was going to ask you about that. So you have got an archive of sort of ephemera and um, yep. stuff that's oh, we've, we've relevant a huge, to that
2: period. Huge amount of of age related stuff. We've got a whole row of shops in the museum, and a kitchen and a living room from the fifties. All of which is from the fifties because it's mostly from my in laws, um, and um, and then. As I say, also, we've got scooters and motorbikes that are relevant to the cars and a collection of French micros, which is quite nice because oh, some of those are so bizarre.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 there's something that they really were heavily into micro cars. Well, they
2: carried on yeah. making them. They didn't have the mini arrive and then stop, which is what we did in this yeah. country. Um, they carried on making um, 50cc sans permis cars right the way through um, and still do. Um, mm. So yeah there are, there are weird French ones. I mean we've got a Peugeot and a Ligier, I mean the big racing firm. Yeah. Um yeah, we've got um yeah, a whole a little nice little sort of um up the upstairs of the museum has got scooters and French micros.
1: Yeah. Cuz what uh, what um what's your opening times?
2: Um, well, we open Friday, Saturday and Sunday um, through the year, and we open ten, and we all say last visitors is about four, but, I mean, we never shoo anyone out. Um, no. And then groups will open four during the week, but it's got to be sort of about ten people. Yes, yes. Um, and, again, we do rallies, and then we'll do evenings and what have you for people, but um, we all say for people with the rides, ring up, and we'll take, you know, because if it's pouring with rain, um, trotting around the lanes in a hind court isn't the nicest thing <laughs>
3: living.
1: yeah, I was going to say that actually because obviously they're they're quite um precious vehicles now and and i would I would think parts and stuff is maybe becoming a bit of a problem, so you want to yeah. be a bit most,
2: careful with them i guess of the clubs, um, most of the single mark clubs instead of buying spares, if you like, bought tooling. Which uh-huh. means that spares yeah. can be remanufactured. There's very little you can't get. The only thing that trips us up on restoration, occasionally a little bits of trim, oh. odds and ends, odd, odd bits of trim that you can replicate, but you know isn't dead right. Yeah. But pretty much all the you know rubber extrusions for windows, all that kind of thing, is 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 really fairly available. So it's it's not difficult. It's not impossible to restore almost anything. I mean, some of the stuff we've got in the museum, we've got one, and there are five others known. Oh,
1: okay. What would that be? Which, which are those? Uh, there's
2: a Zundap Janus, an Inter, which is um, a French car, which is very rare. Um, there's a Zundap. I mean, there's one other one running in this country, maybe two that I, I know of. Our one's to restore. Um, there are ones like that that are that are really rare. I mean, we've got a two CV, which again falls into the category, that that was made for the Moroccan market. Huh. So it wow. number plate is half and half. You need to be a real anorak to know why it's um, unique, but it is.
3: <laughs> you know I mean? Well, I mean, um, that's
1: the that's the beauty of it, though. That's why you know these these. This is a reason why I'd like to talk to people like yourself because you've got a passion for it, and it's not just a commodity whereas some of the museums are just, uh, you know, like you say, they sell um, souvenirs for touristy type stuff, not for it, people with a real interest, and I think that's it, the... It's that's the
2: nicer thing. for visitors if there's someone that genuinely can talk to them, and we get so many people that come in and bring us bits and pieces for the museum, like bits they were going to chuck away out the garage and all sorts of and that we can display because we've got a garage with petrol pumps in the museum, and it's it's nice if they can talk to someone that genuinely knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And the other thing we're doing, um, we're just um, halfway through, I'm co-authoring it with a with a friend. Uh, we're just going to bring out a book, not Ooh. a book on our museum, but a book on microcars in general. Because there are lots of books out there, and some of them are what I call coffee table, which, you know, they're lovely pictures, but not an awful lot of substance. Other ones are fantastically earnest and technical, but there's a way between, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It no, be readable shows, and you know, nice, so we're just doing that. Hopefully yeah. that will be out... Um, it could be uh, published before Christmas, but we're, we're chasing along trying to get okay. it done. So
1: what's, your, what's the book going to contain? Is it going to be a mixture of technical stuff and pictures, or is it going to be history?
3: Yeah, or we've a, bit got of a lot everything? of
2: archive, we've a lot of advertising matter that other people won't have. I mean, I've got the most fantastic um, shade card for Messerschmitt interiors. That yeah. I mean, God knows what that would be worth. Yeah, it, I mean, it's yeah. just so unusual. And we've loads and loads and loads of bits like that that we can, you know, that we can make available for people to look at. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be technically correct, but you don't want to be bored blind by a huge amount of brake horsepower information.
1: Yeah, exactly. It needs
2: to be, uh, as I say, there's there's a lot of books we've looked at. Some of them are great, some aren't, and we've thought, well, we could probably manage to do a sort of combination of the two.
1: hmm. I mean, well, could you just give me a quick sort of... um verbal picture of the collection, how many different makes you've got, where they're from, how do you source the cars, do you ever sell any? We occasionally
2: sell them if we've got, what we like is good original for the Mm. museum, we don't like over restored, we've had one or two that in my opinion have been a bit primped, uh, and they wouldn't have been back in the day, people didn't tend to do that, so yeah we've got about 35 cars on um, exhibit exhibit at any time um, probably 10 or 12 scooters and about the same motorbikes. And then we changed the exhibits not often during that. I mean, we have just bought a Gogglemobile shopper, which was quite nice, which looks like a child drew it. It's the squarest car in the world. <laughs> um, and we pop that in because it's just quite interesting, <laughs> um, but um, we then over the winter we'll change exhibits and put other things in and take other things out. So it does sort of. Although there's landmark cars, you know, there's always going to be a Messerschmitt, There'll always be you know mm. certain ones. But um, we do try and turn it around and change it. But cars find us. I mean, the Gogamobile Shopper was offered to us. Somebody just phoned up said, "Were we interested?" We'll always broker cars for people because we've got a sales page on our website. Um, so if anyone wants to sell a car and it's not one we either want or can afford, mm. most people can afford, um, we'll always broker them for people because we're the best showroom in the world. Oh, definitely. Uh,
1: do people loan you cars as well? or
3: We do
2: have the odd loan car, but are things that we either, again, same, same, same sort of reasons, couldn't afford or wouldn't really want.
3: Mm.
2: But, um, yeah, so, so that's another source of, you know, of possibility, but, um. Yeah, we've had different things, different times, things we've given back. We uh, notably, at the right moment, gave back Jimmy Savile's Isetta.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think our American listeners won't quite get that, but I think if they Google that, they'll... uh, I think, yeah, (laughs) we're crashing
2: bravely on, but we had that on exhibit for a while, and we gave it back about um, a year and a half before he died. So the timing there was perfect.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. Uh, have you got? A, are they mainly three wheelers, or are they mixed? Here as some fours. Obviously, you've got a two the CV two. there.
2: Mixed of the two, because mm. Bonds were virtually all three wheelers. Yep. Barclays were three and four. Isettas are three and four wheelers. Um, Heinkels are three wheelers. Um, so, and the Meadows Friskies are three wheeler. Mm. So, a lot of three wheelers, um, but. Some were always, I mean, Bond Bugs, which are the 70s, obviously, later on. um, We've got a marvellous um, uh, Bond Bug that was going to be done as a four-wheeler. And uh, this is just a prototype, but we were lucky enough to get that to exhibit. So that's quite nice. And everyone says, why don't they make them?
3: Yeah. And the reason
2: is because you can't get an engine that goes that way because it's rear-engined.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so pick me an engine and we'll go with it.
1: It's a little bit like the Reliant Kitten, isn't it? That was a yes. kind of, you know, yeah. a, attempt at a four wheeler from the three wheeler. little car.
2: Cracking yeah. little car. Dreadful name.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You'd sort of think something a little bit better than that, really, wouldn't you? Yeah. You
2: need something that sounds a tiny bit more sort of um, raunchy. Um, I think kitten was a bit wrong, but no. nice little car. Yeah. Very good little car. and we you... get people that come in that have driven Reliance all their lives, which are probably people that haven't taken a test,
3: well, <laughs> yeah, not no a four wheeler
2: test. But have stuck with the up They get a lot of brand loyalty with Reliance.
1: Yes, no, I, I, you know, I, I actually worked with some people who were very big on Reliance and mm. were sad when they stopped selling them. Really, well, was,
2: Reliant uh... um, then started selling um, micro car, micro cars, mm. the French ones. A lot of Reliant dealers sold those, um, but. Um, because there was Axiom, um, Microcar and Ligier were the three French ones that came over to this country. Tiny engine,
1: French build quality. <clears throat> yeah, I do um, see the odd Axiom on the road still, actually.
2: We've got a Ligier here and um, we, we've had various ones, but um, they used to use the Lombardini for a diesel, which was uh, oh, okay. just yeah, banged off on absolute, yeah. you know, for a hobby and very vibrating. what they need is going through and a load of sound deadening and rubber washers. Yeah, away. I didn't
1: even realise there were diesel microcars.
2: Oh, yes. Ah, Ligier did it. There you go. Say, Lombardini diesel. Well, there you go. You learn something new I've learned
1: something two, th- two things today. I've learned frisky, and I've learned diesel microcars as there well. So. But, <laughs> um, the other thing, I guess, where do you stand on the configuration of these vehicles? One wheel at the front, two wheels at the front, which is which? you think is the well, safest or the most stable? Or? The
2: most stable is two at the front, one at the back, like a mm. Messerschmitt. Because if you've got one at the front, two at the back, if you hook it in round a corner um the um uh, the reliant the um, eight seven five that they did the later reliant, which was a go at getting a bigger engine car they 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 weren't safe at all they had they had accident problems with that, and there's a legend and whether it's true or not whether it's a legend of the black horse. Um, was that a bond? A, a bug was turned over at the press re- at the um, press launch, and somebody was injured. But mm. that could or could not be true. I'm not absolutely sure. But um, I think two at the front, one at the back, is a lot is a lot safer. Mm. It, it would appear to be more stable. But then you have to drive what you're driving. Yeah, um, you have to true. be aware of what you have. We've had a lot of TV crews here, and we've had people. Oh, like. Philip Glenister, the actor, and um we've had various people from the uh, various motoring programs as well and they've driven cars and been great been really good in them uh you know listen to what you said it's a motorbike, so it's the gears are one up and three down you know and and just and, and by and large manage really well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. it's so it's
2: just a matter of being well aware of what you're driving.
1: Yeah, I think, like, with my old 1929 vehicle, I have to drive it like a 1929 vehicle. There's no other way
2: of doing it. <laughs> nope. I mean, you've got headlights that stick out two feet and then hit the road. Um, you know, you've got brakes that are iffy at best. I, um, Messerschmitts are notorious for either veering one way or the other. Mm. If you look at a row of Messerschmitts going down the road and they all brake, some will go somewhere and some yeah. will go the other. I was other. going to ask
1: you about that, actually, because I, I, I have seen, I believe, four-wheel Messerschmitts as Yeah, well. that's
2: right. That's the... Um, that. Those are the ones that are unbelievably, they're referred to as the uh, Messerschmitt Tiger. Mm. And those are very, very rare and valuable. There were uh, very few came into this country. Mm. I mean, certainly and only in double figures.
1: So what, and, what sort uh, of value would you be looking for one of those? Those
2: now, well, it's a moot point. Ones have changed hands for sixty and 70,000. Wow. Genuine cars. But then we've just seen a genuine car sold that my husband had restored twice. Ooh. So I wouldn't call that entirely
1: genuine. I was going to ask you about that, actually. Do you, Would you take or do you take on restorations for, for clubs or owners? We
2: take on restorations for owners, but it's a slow process because mm. obviously we've got the museum open. But I mean, mm. yeah, my, my other half's about the, one of the best restorers in the country. I mean, and I say that without fear or favour, yeah. we do our own paintwork. And everything. So all of it's done, and all of the car is, when it's finished, is actually made of metal rather than great
1: bobs of filler. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back on the Classic Car Show right after these messages.
5: Who is, or what is, USJF? It is a non-profit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution.
6: Visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
4: Hi, this is Steve Rinaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. i have been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have... The top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's
0: AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: This is Kevin Flood, and we're back speaking with Paula Cooper from the Bubble Car Museum here in the U.K. If you do take on a restoration, is it a complete tear down
2: or it's entirely at the at the whim of the customer um i mean i always do a huge long estimate of sort of need to have a nice to have
5: mm. and
2: people can tick off what they want done we can start with a bare body shell we can put in new floors new new everything and i mean we can fabricate panels um all of which you know people can have whatever they choose i mean there's people that make interiors for them but you can you can have one that looks we we had an a Heinkel that somebody loaned us that he'd spent a fortune on Mm. that wasn't worth the top line. What he valued it at or what he'd spent on it was way more than it was worth. Mm. You have to be a little bit careful that people don't go, or everyone used to say to me with two CVs, we used to re-chassis, we used to make our own chassis for two CVs and re-chassis them, and people say, is it worth it? And I say, if it's worth it to you, it's worth it.
3: Yeah, but I, th- I think you're yeah.
2: not necessarily – at that time, two CVs, if you'd done everything and done a perfect restoration, you'd just have been on the money. But I'm talking about about £5,000. And you'd just about have had a car worth that. Now, obviously, much more. Um, so, again, it's, it's clicked into being worth doing more. But I wouldn't ever advise anyone – you've got to – you know, you, you, but I mean, I always itemise everything in a restoration, so people are totally aware of what they're getting, and you know that way they can put together what works best for them. financially yeah, I
1: guess, and and I, you know, having experienced it myself, sometimes when you start to tear something down, there's a lot of hidden horrors there that you, you can, can see from never, the outside. Ever and give, I mean, mind you, these are simple cars; yeah. you're not
2: going to have much hidden.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well you um...
2: running, if you've got a running engine. Um, you're not going to have... You You know you're going to have certain givens, like the brakes are probably going to be mm. sort of wedged on. Mm. You're going to have this, you're going to have that, you're going to need a new brake cylinder because the, the rubber will be gone. There, there's, you know You know what you're doing, you know you're going to put a wiring loom in, well, you might as well just put a whole wiring loom in if it's a barn find. Um, you know, and but it's, it's one of those things. It's sort of how long's a piece of string.
1: Yeah, I guess, how much of it, do you have to make most of it? The wiring looms, engine parts, or. Well,
2: again, we've got frames for making wiring looms, but most of the clubs do a wiring loom. They'll either do. I mean depending on the car, either a front half mm. and a rear half and or whatever. So most of it you can you can get. We can make it or sometimes it's cheaper to buy it. Mm. But again the customer can work that out for themselves. So
3: it's something very
1: like going to go into old wiring as you well know. Yeah. For something like a mesh or something like if you've got engine issues and stuff like that, is all that kind of stuff still available? Yeah,
2: it's barely available. You can got wow. a whole engine.
1: Wow. So, oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's interesting, because I, I have noticed, you know, um, watching TV programmes, etc., they are definitely becoming more and more collectible because I think they they give you that period of time, plus the fact they're, they're a little bit cheaper than a, a really expensive four-wheel car, if you like, as well. Well,
2: you're going to get, you're, you've not got fuel issues with them, because obviously they're, they're still doing high miles per gallon, even, even with modern cars, they're still, hmm. uh, you know. They're drivable and usable, Messerschmitts particularly, because they're, they're, they're that bit nippier and if, if that's the era that, that does it for you that's exactly what you want
1: yeah exactly that's, that's what my thought was really it's mm. it's kind of um, an affordable way to get into some interesting classic motoring I think
2: well people remember them I mean we get some really funny stories from people that come into the museum and we get quite what i call sort of twinkly elder couple older couples that come in and, and sort of you know oh we used to go courting in it and all sort of you think god <laughs> <laughs> did you really <laughs> yeah
3: good luck with that one of
1: the um one of the things that that i'm conscious of and the guys who, who do this show are conscious of is the fact that younger people now aren't really taking a lot of notice of classic cars and history and stuff like that do you get reasonable throughput of granddads and kids and dads you'd be and surprised
2: that we well, get a huge amount of grandparents and grandchildren That's but great. there are younger people in some of the clubs it's not all people tend to take on their parents car Oh, right. so it's not the, the, you know you get a huge amount of profits of doom oh well it's all old men well yes to a certain extent it is you know i mean you get a fair amount of chats about prostates um, when a yeah. club comes <laughs> on the other hand you get people that get absolutely mullered yeah. you know and 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 you get, we've got um our halloween rally now you know, the average age that I've got written down in the die isn't awful if you know what I mean. It's hmm. it's not it's not everyone sort of in their dotage. Surprising and you know, particularly clubs like well, I don't know, Bond Bug Owners, um, again that's that, that tends to it's not, you know, quite quite the picture of doom people would have you believe.
1: Yeah, I think bond bugs and and hmm. stuff like that is quite trendy as well, isn't it? Well
2: they're it? So, so iconic. They were yeah. then they still are.
1: Yeah, it's they're sort of hipster type thing yeah. I think as well. well they were they
2: were totally yes yeah, they, they called it the uh, what was it the dolly magnet. It was yeah. red the but advertising for its phonom. So I can remember right.
1: yeah I, I can, yeah. yeah I mean it was I was um working in the motor trade around the same when that first came out as well and yeah. it was uh, interesting to say the least, um, what, do you do any sort of special rates for kids if they want to bring kids with them or things like that? We or?
2: charge three pounds for adults
1: and mm. we charge a pound for children. Uh, can't beat that, really, can you?
2: Well, you can't, and we still get people come in and say, "Do you do concessions?" And I always say, "Not at three pounds."
1: <laughs> Not at those prices, no. <laughs> no. And,
2: and we had one of two people who've left because we don't do concessions, really? which I think. Mm. Good luck.
1: Well, (laughs) particularly if you're going to get a cup of tea for 60p as well. You know, it's not...
2: What we like to think is that two people and two kids can come in, do the museum, have a guidebook to go round it, come out have sort of you know like tea drinks and everything else and they've not spent 20 quid
3: no objects exactly.
2: and we do little um diecast izettas on the counter that we do for half what you can get them on the internet um so people can buy something for the kids and the whole thing is probably not cost from a 20 pound note and i think that's a day out
1: well, you're not going to. You don't get that much these days, to be honest with you. You, don't. I, you mentioned earlier, actually, that there's um, some rides and also access to some of the exhibits. What do you What do you do in that area?
2: Well, we do rides. We charge ten pounds for a ride. It's a, at the moment it's a Heinkel, It might be a Messerschmitt next year. We do change it, and what we do is a ride voucher that people can give as a present, and we do a bubble car ride, free entry to the museum, and a guidebook. And tea and a piece of cake, and we do that for fifteen quid, and we do that as a voucher, so people can give it as a present.
1: Oh, that's good. Do you get a reasonable take up on that?
2: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It's surprising. It's um, it's quite a night. You know, it's just a bit of fun. You know, and if it's someone that age, then uh, you know that works quite well.
1: Have you got any little film shows or anything going inside whilst uh, amongst the it?
2: only? No, we don't really. We have a, a continuous film loop of the upstairs in case people are a bit wibbly on stairs. Hmm. Um, so that people get the whole museum rather than part of it. And I've got a funny feeling they actually get more than the museum, because I think we've changed some of those exhibits. (laughs) But um, it's... uh, So we do that, and we've got disabled facilities that work very well. Everything's on the flat... That's everything's good. non-slip, there's disabled lose and they can, you know, access the cafe. And the other thing we do is we always make sure that dogs come in. Dogs are much less trouble than children
3: in
1: the city. Oh, yeah, I imagine. Is there, is there vehicles that you allow kids to sit in or anything like that? We or...
2: do, supervised. Um, everything's behind ropes. But mm. we, there's notices there saying, if you'd like a closer look, please ask. Mm. Which is another way of saying, don't help yourself. We yeah. do get people... Cause a little tiny, like a wing repeater on a car, you know, someone will brush past and scrub it off. That's probably 90 quid to replace.
1: Mm, that's the truth. You trouble, know, things isn't
2: it? aren't cheap. So we don't mind, we'll open up cars, we let children have photographs in cars. Don't mind at all, as long as people screw the nut.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned the upstairs. How are you laid out then? Have you got vehicles upstairs as well? Yeah, we've got all the French
2: micros and the motorbikes and the scooters are upstairs.
1: So are you in like a barn type thing?
2: We're, or is it? It, they were farm buildings, but they were enormously tall. So we've mm. got a mezzanine floor with stairs, um, and uh, that's about a third of the floor area. of The museum is upstairs.
1: So how have you got them? How did you manage to get them up there?
2: The <laughs> Portly truck. <laughs> Fort up and Obliging Neighbours. Excellent.
1: So, yeah, yeah, so it's a good, you know, they've got a good um, large area to walk around then. So how many square Fair feet area, do you think yeah. you It depends
2: got? how interested you are. But as I say, there are shop windows full of 1950s toys, household items, Excellent. cameras, china, all sorts of stuff. Everything that we've collected up, big collection of Bakelite light. Um, which again is, is 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 a collectible on its own. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. And easy and, to break uh, as well.
2: Electrical stuff. We've got radios, lamps, lights, all sorts of stuff. So there is other stuff to look at as well as cars.
1: Yeah, and that's and that you know that's bringing me round to so that encourages maybe a whole family to come along. So because I've yeah. got other things we to used look
2: at. We get what we used to call Smack syndrome, where you get one member of a let's say um, a couple that came who'd sit out in the car. Um, whilst and one of them came in and spent ages walking around, and I would just go out and say, Look, do come in, come sit, you know, come sit in the cafe, you don't have to sit out here. <laughs> but as there's a lot more stuff, um, and, and a lot more of general interest as well, then that, uh, that, that overcame that very successfully.
1: No, oh, that's great. I, I um, you mentioned earlier you've got your halloween event and things like that mm-hmm. do you, what other things do you have did you have weddings and parties or, or we
2: did a lovely wedding in the summer for okay. people with um uh that uh, got married somewhere else then came and had a blessing at the museum okay. and uh, that was volkswagen campers and it was just it was like it was like something out of midsummer murders um <laughs> there was a, a lit up marquee they had conjurers and all sorts of things. It was like Glastonbury in Tiny, and um, a very irritating Kaylee band. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, it it worked wonderfully, and we don't mind doing events like that at all. It was an absolute pleasure. We did a two-hour barbecue for them, so everyone ate, and then yeah, everyone just yeah, it was it was really pleasant evening. It was nice for us too. No, oh, that's great. I mean, so it, it, you know, we the grounds are very easy for that. Cause we we you know we've a proper campsite, then we've a rally field. So mm. you know there's Bags of room for people.
1: So I mean, the more the more things you can get some income from. The more car clubs that come,
2: the better because those work very well. We also get caravan rallies of people that are enthusiasts and.
1: Yeah, it's it's all all helps you to keep it going, doesn't it? Mm. You know, that's that's the oh, absolutely,
2: and and it's good fun. We meet some lovely people.
1: Yeah. Do you do um, anything sort of educational? Do you do school visits or anything like that?
2: Why not (laughs) to? And we did very small children, we do get schools ask us, and realistically, they're sort of ticking a box, but they're not ticking our box, because uh, they're too small to know. But we get design students quite often, and older about children are, yeah. are fine, but very that don't really know what they're looking at.
1: No, I mean, that's that probably true. sounds
2: fantastically patronising, but they don't. <laughs> Right. Um
1: well actually so, you'd probably find people in their maybe thirties even probably don't know what they're looking at now either. I no, guess no,
2: but generally speaking they've More got an idea. older relative that does, so yeah. that sort of covers that.
1: The design student aspect's interesting because mm. there is some really interesting design in those vehicles. Um, There's some
2: amazingly sort of iconic stuff yeah. that you know does lend itself to and the advertising back then of course was absolutely appalling because you didn't really have trading standards so no. <laughs> there's some there's some very and and if you're doing that kind of that kind of thing then yeah that we've had design students and photography clubs too
1: i guess the on the design side i would think also the the use of space in those vehicles is quite amazing because mm. um watching wheeler dealers there they've got like ed who's nearly seven foot tall sat inside one so it's it's um, yeah he's not actually impressive. seven foot tall
2: um yeah but, yeah, well, the height isn't an issue in, in those cars. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of heights, like two
1: CVs. Um, there's absolutely acres of mm. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back on the Classic Car Show right after these messages.
4: Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio.
0: All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
5: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and
0: leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: This is Kevin Flood, and we're back speaking with Paula Cooper from the Bubble Car Museum here in the UK. Yeah, um, absolutely. You, you had the um, Sirena, was it the Sirena, on display there, the wheeler dealers like car? Polish car that yeah. came from, yeah. How did that come about?
2: Uh, well, let's just say you need to see the program, and you probably need to talk to me in private. Okay. Tell what really happened? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was they phoned us and asked us if we do it. So
1: yeah, no, I know because I cause that that qualifies as a microcard, doesn't it? mm mm-hmm. Mhm yeah like...
2: sort of i mean it's, it's a bit of a it 's era and engine size and mm. you know a few things that um, there's no yeah. uh, give a, give or take you know absolutely solid definition mm. but it was um, it was very nice having that for a little while round here because yeah. there's quite a lot of polish immigrants i mean we go to a phenomenal Polish restaurant in Boston. Mm. People just don't know what they're missing. Well, and, I, I've um, got
1: some friends in Chicago, which is also a very big yeah, um, yeah, Polish, Polish contingent, and, and the restaurants and that are great. I agree.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Phenomenal. I mean, this one is absolutely fantastic. We're just sort of helping him promote a little bit. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, the car was nice. And a lot of, again, exactly the same as people would come in and say, Oh, I learnt to drive in that, and it's a Mini or a Morris uh, Morris Minor or something like that. This was Polish people coming, saying, "Oh, my dad had one of those." It was, too, it was really nice.
1: I don't don't want too many people to know, but I actually worked for Hugo Zastava GB for a while, yes, so I know is, exactly yeah. I know exactly what that's like. Where you like. go
2: for spares? <laughs> yeah. um,
1: um, yes. But it's um, yeah, it's it, it it is kind of interesting. Have you ever had a Crossley there, the American microcar? No, because they're um, they they're fetching amazing money in the states at the minute. Because there were
2: yes, well, that's because there's people in the states that spend amazing amounts of money. On yeah, cars. that's
1: very true. I, th- um, I, th- I think all micro cars are actually now because they are they're definitely hitting a spot now. I've, I've noticed. Well, there's, there's been a, been a couple
2: of collections that have been bought and taken to America, which everyone over here jumps up and down over. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of the cars weren't English anyway, so no, I, I don't really see what no, the,
3: no. the
2: issue is. But um, that's happened a couple of times, and it's there's something not, for me, quite right in someone just buying a collection and then having a collection. And yeah. all it was was a checkbook transaction.
1: Yeah, it's strange, I must admit. It, it's, it's
2: not quite how collecting works, for me anyway. I no. mean, I'm sure it's the most commendable thing to do, but... Uh, it, it's perhaps not quite, you know, it, it's rather nice if you find them and restore them and yeah. what have you. And I mean, you know, then all those cars are reto- restored to almost perfection, and it perhaps isn't quite the spirit of the thing.
1: No, it's whether you, I, I think it's the, the old argument whether you're doing it for the joy of it and the, the enthusiasm or just because you can. Because uh, it's a bloody
2: good investment. Yeah, and it's a good know, way of uh, of Like you go and
1: buy right? a bunch yeah. of Rolex watches or something like that. You know, and it's mixed. in
2: a way, yeah, yeah. It, it's nice finding things and seeking things it out. Is. I mean, we can yeah. never afford things. We're always scrabbling to. Oh, we, we'd love to buy this, and you know, loads of people phone us up with stuff that they want to sell, mm-hmm. which are way too expensive. You know, and we just can't do.
1: What do you, do you sometimes, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, you do get some donations of bits and pieces though?
2: Yeah, we've had cars donated, old ones, um we get loads of memorabilia that people, you know, the 50s is not always, not not everything's desirable yet. So, you know, we get we get loads and loads of bits and bobs, lovely kitchen bits that we've been given, um, you know, all of which are absolutely charming, mm. but they, they fit into our little displays. But, you know, if you're clearing out sort of your grandmother's house, you've nowhere for them.
1: No, and I think it's stuff that was getting just thrown away a couple of years ago, and now it's collectible. Ten years
2: ago it would have been being very thrown away. Yeah. With the advent of eBay, I think everyone has a punt and sees what they can do. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. Do you get do you get um, documentation for the cars and stuff donated to you, and, and parts and bits and pieces that people come across, or is that not Well, so quite often compt- when
2: we buy a car it comes with a whole raft of stuff because people yeah. have collected up spares and what have you. Sometimes people will come in and say, are these any use to you? Um, we've got a bit at the moment that somebody gave us that's off, definitely off a bond and definitely off the steering, but we've yet to actually ascertain <laughs> whereabouts. Um, <laughs> but you do get, yeah, we do, and it's it's lovely. And, I mean, if, if people have stuff that they genuinely can't, you know, can't house and don't want to throw away, then we're a good
1: option. I mean, it's I guess you sometimes get the um, abandoned projects um, offered way,
2: I Not terribly much. Most people now are aware of what things are worth. So you know you don't get too many. We we do sometimes. Mm. We have we've had the odd bond that's baffled people.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess it's um mm. it's because some people I think um, bite off more they can chew than they can chew. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I, they I do realise the value they've got, but then they think oh I'm not going to finish it, but I would like to mm. see it go somewhere that
2: where somebody get, will we it. We do get we do get off with stuff, and we do valuations for people and. To say, we'll always, you know, I mean, sometimes we'll buy stuff. Sometimes we'll buy stuff and, and sell it on. Other times, you know, we buy stuff and hang on to it for the museum. We've got a, a shed full of stuff waiting to be
1: restored. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, actually. So if somebody gives you a ring and says, you know, could you could you value a vehicle for me or do an inspection Yeah, we for do, them, that you, for you do that for insurance.
2: Yeah, and and insurance companies will accept our valuations. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, because yeah. You need agreed value insurance yeah, I was just on say that,
1: classics. Agreed value because I had to do that with my Model A. So it's, yeah, um, you would. Yeah, yeah. So. well,
2: we do that for people. We've just done a. I've, I've just done one actually a couple of days ago for someone.
1: Mm. Did they bring them to you, or do you go and look at them?
2: Generally speaking, it's cars we know of. Mm. So, by and large, we don't need to look. People take photographs. If, if we're unsure, we would. Mm. I wouldn't value anything that, oh, was absolutely sight unseen. But quite often, they're ones that have been to our rallies and things.
1: It is interesting now because um, there's quite a lot more classic car insurance companies now, isn't People mm. like Haggerty and stuff like that have come yeah. into the market. And it's, it, it's, it's good from my point of view because it's quite competitive now it's more it
2: competitive than it was i mean we use we use brokers that we recommend mm. to everyone that were were they they've become more independent than they were, and they've always been massively helpful and we yeah. always pass them on to people and yeah there is quite a quite a quite a spread
1: now mm. which is, is you... great. Because I'd imagine you've got, you know, with your collection of cars, you've got to make sure your agreed values are, are regularly updated because otherwise, you, you know, if you get a problem, then you're struggling.
2: Well, everything's um, everything's a, a single vehicle values and all sorts mm. of stuff, but It's a fair old undertaking. Plus all the um, SORN re- requirements. Yeah. Cause, I mean, you know, anything that's running, and most of ours are, It's very few that are. I mean, we've got a funny little thing called a... Suzuki Fronti which was a tiny little Suzuki that never came into this country this one was brought in for somebody specially at Suzuki and I think there's one other Mm. that's about the only one that's got the engine out at the moment Mm. um funny little thing. bit like a Suzuki whiz
1: Kid, but even smaller. Oh, okay. Do you... um? So, how many would you think of the vehicles you'd have taxed and on the road at any given... Well, not taxed well, we, now, we, but... We, we're know.
2: motor trades, so yeah, we don't have to have plates. them yeah. insured. Um, we can run them on trades. Mm. Um, anything will come out and unsawn and, uh, and run. We've got four or five um, that are, are up and running, because most of them are historic, so we don't have to tax them. Yeah. We only have to tax them. We don't have to pay for it. Mm. So it's very quick and easy to put something into commission. I mean, we get asked to do weddings and proms and
1: things. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I mean, do, what, is, what other things? Are, obviously, TV programs, probably. We things do get asked
2: like for TV. We won't lend cars. We don't mind lending car and driver, but we yeah. don't lend cars. Um, never would touch Top Gear. And we no. get, oh,
1: <laughs> I don't point. blame you either. Well,
2: their attitude to yeah. cars doesn't. I mean, anyway, mine don't need my views on that.
1: Well, um, not, not only cars, we
2: do expect s- um to do weddings.
1: Yeah, because um, on the Top Gear thing, my wife used to work for Porsche GB, and they're just as destructive oh. with brand new cars. I can assure you. Um, it's, yeah. a,
2: it's a wrong attitude altogether, and all this dropping caravans from cranes, yeah, and
1: it is. crashing.
2: Uh, it's just, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I. You, as I say, you probably don't need my views on that. No,
1: it's the eccentric British that don't really exist. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> I, I was when I talked to the guys in the states. Oh, Top Gear, and I said, "Well, actually, I can't stand it. Being in the motor trade, um, mm. Mr. No, I can't stand him. He's, yeah, he's It's graphic. not.
2: Um, it's not a program. I think. I think initially it was good. There've been other programmes. I think Quentin Quentin Wilson. Um, yeah. We did a TV programme with him. He he did a programme which actually told people about cars they could afford.
1: Yeah, with Jody Kidd. Um, yeah, which
2: yeah, was, was very which good. was fine. Um, what you don't need is what sideways round um, a racetrack in a car that's seventy five grand.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: I don't find that particularly entertaining. No. I, the
1: thing, the thing I do, the ones I do like are things like the Fuzz Towns End one, the Car SOS, and things like that. Where we
2: had, um, oh gosh, I'm going to say, and I can't remember, so Steve Berry, I think, yep. who used to be on Top Gear years ago, and he, he now does a marvellous yep. radio programme, and he came in. he's Absolute car fanatic, that's what you want, and someone that knows what you're talking about when you talk about period cars, whereas I would hesitate to suggest that most of the Top Gear people have got a clue. No, Watching them drive around countries and insult local people, I I really don't find particularly…
1: entertaining entertaining no i must admit the, the the programs with people like anstead on and stuff like that who's a car designer you know that sort mm. of and restorer then you that's fine because you then see the real thing rather than the reality a different, show a
2: different kind of thing but yeah. a lot of the tv programs are very contrived oh, let's say sure. without yeah,
1: mentioning sure. any names they, they're, they're they're people have got to realize that they're entertainment and not the real it's thing.
2: reality TV. Yeah, with with it, that's with not that real. <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
2: Yes, without perhaps the... Dreadfully chabby people, no, but um, it it's the same thing that you know. I mean, I mean, there are in America, here, and everywhere else, yeah. programs that people unfortunately think are real, but you've really got to look. The kind they of do,
3: them.
1: and um, the classic car community in the states feels, feels the same way. Um, mm. You know, they. they look, I
2: think they, anyone they, that they, genuinely mm. likes yeah. classic
1: cars would.
2: Yeah. Um, but uh, as I say, we but we certainly do do. You know, we we do watch TV. We're asked to do we. Do um, for the love of cars with Frank yeah, well, yeah
1: that, like was that. Wonderful. it's not the worst thing I've seen it, it, he's his hands up he doesn't know anything well about hands, I tell you, you what
2: know. he knows He knows a lot more than some and he's yes, a genuine he and amusing man yeah that's what we I had, thought we had a lovely day filming with them both yeah. were just absolutely lovely they drove the cars they were funny
3: yeah
1: I remember, they, they I remember were, seeing them going down the um the country lanes with them That's actually right. yeah I remember that yeah. I, and that were, they were your cars oh.
2: they were our cars. Yeah. that was hilariously funny
1: that was brilliant because because that,
2: uh, uh, that was yeah, but they, they were they were genuinely keen on what they were doing we had them with us all day we did lunch for them they, they were absolutely delightful was and, that your uh, cars they, but it? they did yeah all of all of those those sort of programs are lovely
1: but again okay what have you got um planned for the future then project wise if you've got anything coming up or Things. Well,
2: we've our oh, Halloween yeah. rally, then we close halfway through November, then we reopen just before Easter, and in May we have our, our own rally, which is quite fun, because we always have sort of, you know, I mean, that that's all kinds of cars, occasionally a few V-Dub campers come, mm. and we have live music, and it's just a nice weekend, but then I, through the year, I honestly can't tell you, I know we've got quite a lot of rallies put yeah. in, oh,
3: no,
1: May
2: we're absolutely jam-packed, we've got German, so,
3: yeah,
1: same as. That's great, nope. Thanks for speaking to me, because it it is something that people need to see. It's an Um, important
2: era of British car manufacture. It is indeed. That that gets awfully lost.
1: It does. Lost a lot of things, sort of, in the manufacturing of of things here.
2: Men in in sheds making cars, Yep. and it
1: needs preserving. It really does. And that's what you're doing. That's excellent. Doing our best. Thank you very much, Paula. Um, It's been a great... And very enlightening interview. Thank you <laughs> Thank you. We do our best. Thanks a okay, lot. Okay, my dear. I'm Kevin Flood, and this is the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Goodbye.
0: You're listening to
3: com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.